Let's pray. Father, we're grateful again for your word and this opportunity to, as we've read it, to think about it. Give us ears to hear what you have us to hear, hearts to receive what you would have us to receive and do what you would have us to do. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The epistle to the Philippians was not written to address any doctrinal or pastoral concerns like he was doing, say, when he wrote the epistle to the Galatians or to the Corinthians. Nor was he giving any instructions that he had, were lacking in the church like he was when he wrote to the Thessalonians. The epistle to the Philippians was written as sort of a, a thank you letter. The Philippians had been of help and service to Paul, and he was writing them a letter to say, thank you for all that you've done. And as he's writing that, he can't help but to go on and say, I want to encourage you in the faith. You're doing great. You're doing wonderful. And I want to encourage you in that. He keep going to not give up. Now, it's a little bit of an odd place to do cheerleading. He's writing them from prison. And it is often noted that as one of his prison epistles, this is one of his most joyful letters. He's writing from prison and he is sharing with them from prison the joy of the Lord and the encouragement not to give up. One would think that there's not much he can do being incarcerated, being in prison, but he does not see it that way. It is not a time and a place to stop and to give up. He says, I am continuing on. I want to encourage you to do so as well. So he's cheerleading. He's doing some cheerleading to the Philippians. And that's basically what I want to pass along today. Our passage is very much a rah-rah, go get them kind of passage. And that's what I want to pass on today. This will not take me long, I don't think, to do this. But to pass, I think we all, believe it or not, need a little bit of Pauline cheerleading in our lives every now and then. Now, as I said, Paul's not cheering from the sidelines. Paul's not saying, you guys go get them. He's saying, I'm on this journey. I'm pursuing this thing. I want you to come along with me. He says, I have not attained nor am I already perfected, I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Jesus had a reason, a goal for drawing me to himself, and I am not there yet, so I am pressing on. What was this goal? What was the reason for which Christ laid hold of him? Being perfected, being perfect. I have not attained, nor am I yet perfect. And that was the goal. God laid hold of Paul so that he might make Paul the perfect image of his son. 
This was the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, I see you, and I want to make you the perfect representation of my son. This is Christ, my only son. I want to bring you into him so that you are just like him. That is my goal for you. And it is not just for Paul. This is God's goal for all of his children. He wants us all to be like his son, Christ. That is the goal. To attain that perfection. Now, a lot of times we're not on the same page with God about that. And it's not just that we don't want to be perfect or that we, we mess up and do wrong things. It is often that we don't really want to be perfected. I'm pretty content with my life as it is now. Pretty content with where I'm at, with what I am. Maybe I could be a little better. That would be nice. A little bit better. But by and large, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. And I'm a little afraid of change. A little bit afraid of what might happen. How God might go about perfecting me. So if God can make me just a little bit better, I'll give him a list of few things that he could help me with, get better at. But by and large, I want to stay where I'm at. For others, and this is where I, when I speak about these sorts of things, this is where I get most pushback. Talk about perfection and attaining is depressing. I've been in church all my life. All my life. And look where I'm at now. I'm nowhere close. It's depressing to look how far, I, far to look at how far away I am from attaining, from perfection. Perhaps there are some who can do that. The super saints, the ones who are canonized, those who have saint in front of their name. That's what God has for them, but I'm not of that level. I'm not that, I don't have that kind of character. God probably is, I'm never going to get there. So I'm just, God's, I'm never going to be canonized. So I'll just be here. It's less depressing. I just want to think about it. I'll be of that lower class of Christians. Paul doesn't want us thinking like that. He wants to remind us again that there was a reason God laid hold of us. A goal that he had in mind. Don't lose sight of that. Don't settle for good enough. Of course it is helpful occasionally to remember that nobody's perfect. That is a helpful remembrance. Especially when thinking about other people. When other people, when we deal with other people's faults and their sins, it is helpful to remember nobody's perfect. To extend grace to other people and know that nobody's perfect. But that phrase is not always helpful, not always good when it becomes the mantra for our own selves. Well, nobody's perfect. 
I say with a shrug of my shoulders as they go about my way not being perfect and being content with it. It is not meant to be an excuse to live how I want to live and then say, well, nobody's perfect. Paul says, press on. Don't give up. Of course you haven't attained. St. Paul the Apostle says, I have not attained. I am not perfect. Yet we need not be discouraged. That need not be a discouraging thought. We need not think that we simply do not have it in us. Because our confidence is not in ourselves. We, we talked about this last week. Where is the confidence placed in the nature and character of Christ? You do not have it in you to, be, to perfect yourself. That is true. You do not have it in you. But it is the nature and character of God to complete the work that he has begun in you. It is the nature and, God, and character of God to create perfect things. And he is in the process of creating you. The create, process of creating a perfect, the perfection in you. It is his nature to finish that work. Put the confidence there. And you need not be discouraged. Do not forget that God's call is an upward call. It's an upward call. And press on. Strive. Not in your own confidence in yourself... Not in thinking, well, if I just put one more last effort, I will get myself to the top. But press on thinking God is working in my life. It is he who makes and perfects. And I press towards it. And you will not be doing this alone, Paul says. You not, need not... Be discouraged thinking you're the only one going through this. Paul says, follow my example. And look around at others who have this same mind. These others who are pressing on. And note those people. This is a good reminder for us as we are in October, end of the month. Beginning of November is All Saints Day. And I think it is one of the greatest days in the church calendar, All Saints Day. Where we look back and remember those who have pressed on, who did press on throughout their entire lives. Who did not give up. Who did not settle. We do not look back and revere them as being perfect in their life but who put their confidence in Christ and continued to work to move upward in that call of God. I encourage you this month to read biographies of saints. To surround yourself with the stories 
of those who have gone before and have remained faithful. And do not be discouraged by them. There's times I read biographies and think, oh my goodness, boy, I'm a million miles away from that. But once again, the focus is on me. And rather in saying, my goodness, isn't it great that God does such great work in people? That he's so gracious to people to give them strength as they need strength. To give them courage as they need courage. To give them wisdom as they need wisdom. And as they set their hearts and minds on him. And I believe that he can do that in my life too. We are to be encouraged by them as we rejoice in the work of Christ and his people. We are not to simply think, well, they're just so much stronger. They're just so much better. We are to see Christ in his work in them. Still, you may say, this is really more than I can hope for. And all this pressing on just seems tiring. Is there no end to the pressing on? Will I never attain? If Paul hasn't, I don't think I will. Will there never be an end? Just simply and always a pressing on. There is an end. At least there's an end to the pressing on that is difficult and wearisome. Because it will be difficult and wearisome. But there is an end to the, difficult, the difficulty. And this is where Paul is headed in this passage. Our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Once again, our confidence is in Jesus Christ, his character, and his resurrection, Paul says. Because there will be a come a time where we are fully apart, we fully recognize, we fully see the results of the resurrection on us, on our bodies. That there is a time when we indeed will fully be what he intends us to be. We will have full, the full advantage of our citizenship in heaven. And this is the glory of the resurrection. It is why it is not just a thing we celebrate on Easter. It is what gives us hope that our pressing on has an end. Maybe we will continue to press on when we are fully resurrected and in the state of glory. We will press on into God's goodness and glory, but it will be without the onerous task of difficulty, of, of war, of fighting. It will not be a wearisome thing. And we get glimpses of that now. There are times in the midst of our pressing on of the difficulty even, we find joy and peace and grace of God 
that continues to push us on. But there is an end. There is a goal. And so Paul says we await the coming of our Savior. We await the coming when he finishes the work that he has done fully. But until then, we keep going. Until then, we press on. Until then, we do not give in to discouragement and despair and despondency. Keep going. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who have finished their race. And we push on to finish ours as well. So here today from our cheerleader, St. Paul, press on. Keep going. Finish your race. Don't be discouraged. Christ is in you to complete the work he has begun. Trust him. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.